welcome to the second season of our triune pod we are still preparing you to praise join me the reverend nick comiskey and the reverend bendy hart for a conversation about low-key theology lived experience and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the psalms we hope it's an inspiring maybe a bit irreverent but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some god time We are back for another episode, a very special episode, first Sunday of Advent, our Triune Pod. Ben, how are you? I'm all right, man. Excited for a new church year here at the start. Bring out the purple. Yeah, you, um, you're a big Advent. Are you blue? Are you blue for some of you guys? So is that a purple thing? Purple or blue? That's right. Right. Oh well. You know, like the Virgin Mary, blue. Uh, yeah, we're uh, really into that. Don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, so Ben, when we were hanging out in New York, we went and saw a terrific movie. Roma part two, AKA Belfast, uh, which I, I really liked. I think you liked it. I, I, think I liked like it. it. I liked it more than you did. I think. Um, uh, I think I just thought it was going to be like a bigger movie, but um, yeah, okay. no, I liked okay. it. So maybe for unrelated, uh, let's pick out a couple movies that we're excited to see in the, uh, where, I mean, we're entering into prime movie pass zone people, whether it's Alamo or AMC movie pass, or we have this thing called Regal here. You can get like a Regal pass. Whatever your whatever the means by which you see movies in the theater, dear listeners, it's time to re up because we got some we got some bangers coming out. Ben, what are you most excited about? And then cancel Jan one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I'm most excited about the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, what Licorice Pizza getting Licorice great pizza. reviews comes out. I think pretty soon. I don't know if it's New, New York only, but November 26th, right in time for Thanksgiving. Oh, is that right? Oh, wow, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the oh. movies he's done is, uh, I mean, Boogie Nights, um, There Will Be Blood, pretty much all your favorite movies of that, of the year his movie comes out. This, yeah. this is probably his movie. There's a certain kind of like white New York reader, pitchfork listener guy of whom I am the platonic ideal that just anything PTA does, it's like, got to see it. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, what else? What else? There's a bunch of stuff coming out. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd be remiss not to mention um, American Underdog, the upcoming Kurt Warner biopic with uh, Zachary Levi. My mother-in-law is going to be first in line for that. I'll, I'll she a big Kurt Warner fan? I, I mean, she's a big fan of America and Jesus okay. Christ. So yes. Okay. Oh, is it so? Is it like a Christian movie? I mean, I don't. It's not not. You know, I, I don't know. I, I actually definitely kind of want to see it. I'm not really hating on it. Um, where are you at on the? Um, the West Side Story remake. Uh, I mean, I'm probably more excited for the tragedy of Macbeth. So, uh, okay. yeah, not really that into it. Is it like, is it, is it super normie or like kind of cancelable to be really excited about it? I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. When I, I, I grew up, my parents are were like, we just watched tons of those kind of movies. Like I, West Side Story was like my favorite movie in the world from like age six to nine. I mean, I've, I've seen it a hundred really? times. Oh, wow. yeah. I know. I don't know. My parents like those old kind of musicals and there's like a knife fight, you know, I mean, there's, it's pretty cool. Hmm. I watched, I watched on, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's probably the closest thing to that. Yeah. That's, that's really sad. Well, Not really a musical, but yeah, oh, there's a yeah, lot of the songs. Yeah. It's in Belfast. Um, yeah. yeah. So you're not in on West Side Story tonight? tonight? Not here for it, but I am here 
to watch on HBO Max the fourth Matrix movie. So it's going to be on HBO Max. What is happening to our world? It's the last of the deal they made, where it's like the simultaneous HBO Max and theaters. So theaters are obviously upset. But you watch? You watch Finch? No, no. Is that good? Yeah, it's. I can't imagine it's going to be good. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool watch. I mean, it's it's the the director is the guy who did a lot of your favorite Game of Thrones episodes. Um, So it's pretty visually like awesome and i mean it costs a lot of money like the soundtrack is unbelievable like they spent a huh. lot of money on musical rights so yeah it's cool and tom hanks man oh yeah incredible i can't uncancelable yeah oh yeah so good all right, all right. um okay <laughs> so the psalm the psalm appointed for the first sunday of advent is psalm 25 i'll read it we're reading straight from the bcp here so it's not something that you can find on like bible.com or whatever but um here is exclusive like that yeah that's right um psalm 25 verses one through nine to you O lord i lift up my soul my god i put my trust in you let me not be humiliated nor let my enemies triumph over me let none who look to you be put to shame let the treacherous be disappointed in their schemes show me your ways O lord and teach me your paths lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the god of my salvation and you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Gracious and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in his way. He guides the humble in doing right and teaches his way to the lowly. All the paths of the Lord are love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. All right, Ben, uh, teach me about the sins of your youth. Mm, mm, well, that's a, you used an appropriate word because this Psalm is all about instruction. I think first off, let's just say these nine verses are not all of Psalm 25. There are a whole lot more verses just, but you know, we, we read the Psalms over three years. So there's only 150 Psalms. We've got to break it up. Uh, also this Psalm is what's called an acrostic. It's uh It's used to instruct the prayer, uh, and it goes through the Hebrew alphabet. Um, So that's helpful helpful to know in terms of its form. But really, what's the content? The content, it begins, I lift up my soul to you, O Lord. Now, in ancient Israel, you lift up your hands in an outstretched position to pray. Listeners, he's lifting up his hands right now. I am right now. Just, you know, when your minister is in the Oran's position behind the altar, he's essentially going back to ancient Israel. And essentially what that's symbolizing or what we're symbolizing when we say, I lift up my soul, is that my life depends completely and only upon your help, oh God. So I, I really like that. There's We're lifting up our life, our identity, and we're saying that it is in you. So in you, I trust. In you, I take refuge. I wait for you as it'll say later on in this psalm. I do like that, you know, this psalm is, let me not be humiliated. Other translations, don't let me be shamed. In fact, don't let any who look to you be shamed, but let the people, let the evildoers be put to shame. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can you get behind that? I, 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 Heck I feel yeah. shame all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think this, I you know, what I was thinking about is, why why is this psalm appointed for the first sunday of advent mm-hmm. um you know why what what advent themes um lay dormant in this ancient psalm and i think 
the uh, you know I'm, I have been deep into uh, to your 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 girl Fleming um, and reading a bunch of her Advent sermons to kind of just devotionally prepare for the season and that that notion that Advent is the season of the church year where we stare into the darkness and deal with reality as it is, not necessarily as it will be. And so the cry of Advent being, God, where are you? Or how long must I wait? And in that posture, the cry of let me not be humiliated, it looks like the enemies of God are triumphing. So do not let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you. It's that cry of in the darkness, you know, God, where are you? Uh, I don't, I can't see you. I can't feel you. I'm in that dark night of the soul. How long, oh Lord? Uh, I think, you know, this, I think that's, that's where that, I, I'm guessing that's why this is an Advent Psalm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of prayer for deliverance, right? From general troubles, from enemies, from our sins, both past and present, from, from guilt, from affliction. So there's this Radical prayer for deliverance. I'm trusting my whole being to you. But then there's also this kind of like, you know, learning as the subject of the prayer. Like, teach me, instruct me, guide me. Let me know your covenant. Let me know what it is to walk in your ways. And what I like about that is more than an answer, like, you know, when someone comes to us or when I go to my spiritual director and I'm like, oh, man, like, I just want to know how to put one foot in front of the other. Of course, it's a good idea to go to Bible reading, to scripture, to prayer. But what I think this psalm is saying is that we also learn from just being in prayer with God. We just say, Lord, like, show me the way forward. Or maybe I know the covenant through my Bible reading. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, what I'm supposed to not be doing. But, but teach me how to walk in that way. Show me how. Uh, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth, um, for this is life and salvation too. I think we talked a little bit about that last week, but yeah, teach me the right way. And then there's that, just later on, there's an acknowledgement, right? Like I have been sinful from my youth, but don't remember that. Go, go past that. You deliver me from that. Forgive me from that, but show me how to be good, essentially. Um, yeah, anything you want to add to that? I mean, just Peter Frampton, man, I need you to show me the way, you know, that song is just <laughs> reverberating through my ears. Um, if I had more courage, I would try and sing it, but I'm definitely not going to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there is a, you know, there's obviously this tension um, between the psalmist use of the word law or the kind of verbal idea behind teaching and instruction that is salutary, that is life-giving, that mm -hmm. is something we long for and St. Paul's use of the law and the verbal ideas behind it in Romans chapter seven, right? Where the law in that, in that context is accusatory. It, it, it kills, it reveals sin. It exposes areas of brokenness where here it's something that is much more redemptive and positive. You know, I, I don't think the psalmist has the second to use very technical language, the second use of the law in the second half of verse seven, he teaches sinners in his way. I think it's this more positive sense is, you know, like to return to an Advent theme, those who sit in darkness, a great light has dawned. If you're kind of mired in patterns of sin or thoughts that are killing you, a gracious, humanizing, ennobling word of instruction that helps you get out of it is like 
the best thing possible. You know, it's not accusatory. Totally. It's not trying to condemn you. It's trying to like teach you the way, you know, like AA or, or whatever. Oh, that was you know. exactly what I was thinking. Think yeah. of all your friends who are alcoholics and who found AA or found something like that. And the way they talk about how healthy they've been since they've been sober. That's the same thing we're talking about here is, uh, yeah, I just want to stop returning to the vomit of my own life, which has me under this dark cloud. May your light burst forth that Advent hope, like what you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, even it's like, it's easy to dump on these things as kind of spirituality substitutes. And I'm as guilty of that rhetoric as anybody else, but like you see this when people like, you know, get into fitness programs. Like it doesn't have to be this soul crushing cult. It can just be like, yeah, I feel good about myself that I'm exercising a lot. It's like, yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's perfect. It does, you know, it can become a God unto itself and it can become something that traps you in cycles of condemnation and shame and self-incrimination. But it can also just be like a positive, you know, relatively yeah. uncomplicated. Like, I'm just glad I'm a part of this group that's doing this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's so tough, right? Because then we, a lot of times, and I, I think you can have this with holiness too, or an attempt at holiness. It's just like, you know, you find that going to the gym makes you feel really good. And so then you want to start going like six days a week. And then you feel terrible about yourself when you get too busy on a Wednesday and you can't go. Uh, I think the same thing can be said for, you know, my, my friend just told me about how when she started going to AA, there are different levels of AA classes. There are some classes that are kind of more like a fundamentalist church. And uh, essentially this really good thing, people have this conversion experience and then they kind of burn themselves out trying to go through the steps and helping other people. Uh, and whether it's, you know, beauty, whether it's fitness, like you name it, we're so prone to finding this good thing, which, which truly is a good thing, and then turning it into that dark cloud again. So I think with this prayer and what we mean when we say, show us your way, lead us in your path. We are, we're not trying to do a substitute for, um, you know, I was really into religion and then I found grace and then I chilled out, but then, you know, I got really into, you know, this so hard that I became oppressive to all my friends. What we're yeah. saying is like that read, holistic. Read the Enneagram, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's so true. So true. Like, how do we get whole? How do we truly get healthy? Um, and that is more than just, you know, redirecting our aim toward another thing we get obsessed with. How do we, you know, rest? How do we take to actually serve and not overdo it? Uh, and I think a lot of this really does have to do with that last verse. Again, similar to last week, there was an if, right? You're essentially the Lord will be with us if we follow. And we see a little bit of that in verse nine, all the paths of the Lord are love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. And this is really does have to be where we read the Psalms in the light of the person and work of Jesus, because there is one who has kept the covenant and its testimonies, and that is Jesus Christ. And therefore his paths are love and faithfulness. We have nothing to fear. We, we can Try, try again. We can, you know, start from scratch, start anew um, and not be tempted to turn these like obsessions we might have with fitness or beauty toward holiness, Uh, bringing that same thing to something that seems pious, but it's actually suffocating not only to ourselves, but to those around us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I, I didn't make that connection. Uh, That's good. The uh, yeah, I was going to go 
it's to, to try and provide a similar synthesis. Um, but I was going to, I was looking at the verse above verse eight. Uh, he guides the humble and doing right. He teaches his way to the lowly. I think the picture is someone that has, you know, that is in the Advent season, you know, that, that, that waiting, the time between, you know, longing for God and being humble or being broken by the sins of their own commission or omission or the sins done to them. And then it's like in that place, that God's guidance, that God's instruction, that God's teaching is truly life-giving. You know, it's not for the moderately healthy person to get much healthier and then judgmental over everyone who is not healthy. It's for the truly broken who are convinced that there is nothing within themselves or within this world picture that can provide a way out that like, that's where God can really work on you. You know, like, I think it's when you've been brought low through one thing or another, that God's word of God's teaching can can truly be redemptive and not law but gracious right it's yeah. you know and those churches are my favorite churches yeah, when totally. you're with other people who have realized that they don't measure up to and then also sometimes when they, they tend to be like visibly broken whether it's like you know um people who are alcoholics or just someone who's just like come to grips with the fact that they just have not been able to live up to this mm -hmm. um those places of worship just tend to just you just you find that other places of worship are, are a struggle to go to sometimes that's probably not a good attitude but when you find that like when nick and i found in western pennsylvania in what 2005 um everyone just realizing that they are in need together um that actually ends up becoming a place where life comes out where the light shines in yeah yeah i i would be hard pressed to to, to define what exactly I mean by that spirit, but I just think it's significant that the, you know, God is the, is the teacher in all of these verses, right? Uh, show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. He guides the humble and doing right. He teaches his way to the lowly. Like, so what we're not, we're not talking about here is like, for lack of a better term, like religion, <laughs> we're talking about God, father, son, and Holy spirit directly in an unmediated way, impressing his word upon your heart. And, um, you know, the reason why I, I bring that up is because, yeah, this is the season of watching and waiting. And so the posture of Advent is not activism. It's not, let's bring God's kingdom into the world. It's, I'm going to sit and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to wait for that word from God that will guide me and teach me. Because it's, it, you know, it's something that comes directly from the mouth of the Lord is, is just very, very different than something you're kind of being socialized into, whether it's in a community or some gym class or something like that. That's perfect. All right. Let's pray it again. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Let the treacherous be disappointed in their schemes. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Gracious and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in his way. He guides the humble in doing right and teaches his way to the lowly. All the paths of the Lord are love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? 
We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.